Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. Hey, you guys. I'm super excited to come on today. I just wanted to be a blessing to you. Have I got a word for you? Have I got a word for you? So we'll be coming right out of 2 Samuel. We will anchor on 2 Samuel chapter 11. We also are going to flip over to chapter 12, talk a little bit about 12. But our anchoring scripture on today is 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. And if I had to title today's topic, I would title it Repositioned for a Blessing. Repositioned for a Blessing. How many of you know that sometimes as we walk this walk as believers alongside Christ, there's times where we can find ourselves out of position. And what I mean by that, sometimes we're supposed to be staying uh, like alongside, co-laboring with the Holy Spirit as we walk this walk of sanctification. But sometimes we try to get ahead. Sometimes we get behind. Sometimes we just clearly take a detour. I've taken a detour sometimes and I look back over my life and I say, oh, what was that all about? Why didn't I just continue walking along with Christ? Because I would have gotten to this point, you know, to the expected end of that particular season that he had planned for me. And, and the word of God, it tells us man plans, but God orders our steps. And what that means is as we lay out the plans for our lives uh, alongside letting the Holy Spirit lead and guide us, because he's here to lead and guide us into all truth. And if he's leading and guiding us, he is going to take us along the path that has already been settled in heaven. When we start to do our own thing, oh man, it can get us in a whole lot of trouble. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about King David and how King David positioned himself in a wrong place and had to be repositioned for blessing and understanding it didn't escape the consequence of sin of what David dealt with because of his decisions. But when he saw what he did, recognized that, hey, I can't hide anything from God, went prostate, began to pray that thing through, repented, asked for forgiveness. He was repositioned for blessing. And I'm decreeing and declaring even now, if you found yourself off track, if you found yourself merging in the wrong lane, if you found yourself taking a detour, I'm decreeing and declaring that you will step into the promise of God that you can order, but God will plan and that you will not resist the move of God in this hour, that you will submit your whole mind, will, emotion, faculties to the mighty hand of the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides you and repositions you for a blessing. I'm decreeing and declaring as the year winds down. Oh my goodness. We are so close to uh, the holiday known as Thanksgiving. When we give thanks for the things that have happened in our lives, when we reflect and we just begin to give thanks to God, I'm saying as we close this year out that 
God can still do it for you. God can still reposition you for a blessing. It's never too hard for God. I need you to understand that. It is never too hard for God. It is never too late for God. Everything is always right on time when God decides to step in. And, to, and the furthermore, to just be totally transparent with you, he is operating it to your good. He's working it all out for your good even now. Only if you would just say, Lord, reposition me. I find myself off track. I'm not where you would have me to be. Reposition me right now in the name of Jesus. And I bet you he will begin to do it. I don't even have to bet on it. I know he's going to do it. I can put a stamp of prophetic guarantee on it on today that he will reposition you and he will restore you, regenerate those things that you thought you lost, the things that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the locust has eaten in your life. He will restore unto you seven times because he's a God that blesses like that and into the blessing business. So let's jump right in. I'm going to go through the scriptures very fast and I would encourage you to go back and read Second Samuel chapter, whole chapter of 11 and the whole chapter of 12. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. So the story may not be exact, but I'm paraphrasing it into my own words so that we can get to the concept and the framework and the core of what I'm trying to get to you on today. So I'm encouraging you to go back and read it for yourself. Second Samuel chapter 11, second Samuel chapter 12. Okay, I'm going to start in at 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, and then I'm going to pop around throughout the scriptures. This is how it reads. The following spring, the time of the year when kings go to war, David sent Joab, the Israelite army, to Joab and the Israelite army to destroy the Ammonites. In the process, they laid siege to the city of Rabbah, but David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Now, David stays behind at a time when kings go to war. And this is not what I'm making up. The first scripture tells us the following spring, the time of the year when kings go to war, David decided to send someone in his place. David decided to send someone in his place and that someone was Joab. And Joab got the victory in the war. However, David had pulled himself out of position. And I can say that with a stamp of guarantee that he's pulled himself out of position because Joab is the second man in charge. Joab is not the king. David is the king and David is supposed to be at a time of going to war in the spring. But he's gotten complacent. He's gotten comfortable. He says, I'm going to send Joab. See, this is what happens. I see it even in ministries. I see it in businesses. I see it at school. People will position themselves in the wrong place and then wonder why God isn't blessing or doing something that God had originally promised him them. And I say that it's not that he's not doing it. You're just out of position of receiving the blessing. And I'm going to tell you, as the time winds up in this season, I hear even now the Lord whispering, reposition, 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 reposition. It is time that you hear what thus saith the Lord in repositioning yourself for a blessing. He is trying to bless you. He said the blessings will overtake you only if you will reposition yourself. And if he's telling us to reposition ourselves, if he's speaking to you and this is beginning to bear witness with your heart that you might have gotten yourself just a little bit off track. And I'm saying in this hour, I'm saying even the slightest two steps to the side can cause you to miss something pertinent in this hour to get a blessing to you. It is time that people stand in their position 
and run their race, not running someone else's race because Joab is now doing what King David should be doing and reaping the benefits. Get this. He's reaping the benefits because he has uh, won this battle that belonged to King David. Now let's continue reading. It says, late one afternoon, David got out of his bed after taking a nap and went for a stroll on the rooftop of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman, an unusually beautiful woman taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was and he was told. Now he's on the roof strolling. He's on the roof strolling when he should be at war clearly out of position he is taking it easy drinking a lemonade and a tea hanging out on the rooftop gazing in the sky when he ought to be at war how many of you know that for us in this season war is being in prayer on your face in the spirit trying to get the revelation and become pregnant with the word of god Amen. Pregnant with the word of God. I hear the Holy Spirit even now wanting to impregnate us with vision, with mission. But a lot of us will miss it. I hate to say this, but I have to speak the truth that some of us are going to miss it in this season because one, we are trying to operate in someone else's function. Two, we are out of position of what we are supposed to be doing. Because if I'm trying to operate in someone else's function, then I'm clearly not doing what God really originally called me to do. And that's what's happened here with, with David. He's on the rooftop. He sees Bathsheba. And I'm going to paraphrase this because I want to make sure I get through this today. And I just want to hit you with a quick nugget and let you move out and be blessed with it. He's on the roof. He noticed Bathsheba taking a bath. She's taking a bath at her home. He's over here looking in a direction that he has no business because he's not where he's supposed to be. And when he's not where he's supposed to be, he creates a sequence of events that leads him into sin. Now, we all know that what ends up happening with this story, I don't even have to read it, but I encourage you to go back and read it. David finds himself sending for a woman that is someone else's wife. This woman, Bathsheba, who's beautiful, taking a bath, belongs to a commander that's fighting in his army a Hittite named Uriah. Bathsheba belongs to Uriah. She is in covenant with Uriah. But the David takes himself out of position. He's not at war. He's sitting there. He took himself out of position. He took himself out of position. I need you to get that because this is the time in the springtime when kings go to war. He took himself out of position. Now he's out of position looking for another man's wife. And we know the story. He sleeps with her, commits adultery. He tries to kill her husband after previously met, premeditating, uh, trying to get him drunk so he could sleep with his wife, trying to bring him back from the middle of the war to spend time with his wife. And, and this man is an honorable man of God. He, he, he loves the Lord. He loves David. He wants to serve David to the utmost, but he, he's tells David, look, I, I can't go sleep with my wife. I can't do those things because there's men out fighting right now. There's men on the battlefield, basically seeing about their father's business, seeing about the King's business, doing what you called us to do. And why are you calling me out of position so that I can sleep with my wife when clearly that's not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And this is what I love about Uriah, because, and I'm thanking God even now and decreeing, declaring 
for the Uriahs in the spirit realm, for the Uriahs in our lives who have sense enough to stay in position when someone is trying to push them out of position. I thank God for the Uriahs. Uriah was so faithful when David premeditated, I like to say premeditated sin, when he tried with uh, no avail to get him to sleep with his wife the first time. And this is all in 2 Samuel chapter 11. You can see where David is um, talking to Uriah around verse 10 and, and it goes all the way down to verse 25 where he is trying to get him to sleep with his wife but he keeps failing because Uriah is so faithful to the call so faithful to to serving David that he stays at the palace doors and he doesn't go be with his wife and so David still pushes the issue tries to get him drunk get this tries to get him drunk so that he can lose all inhibitions and go sleep with his wife but still He's anchored in the fact that he's going to be upright. He's going to serve David and he is not going to go sleep with his wife until everybody else comes back. See, I like that kind of servant. Someone who recognizes that I'm not doing this for you, fame or fortune. I'm actually doing this because this is embedded in my heart to serve, to serve with integrity, to serve with honesty, to serve with loyalty and commitment. How many of you know it's hard to find people who are loyal and who are committed in this time? I'm saying I'm not talking about being loyal to people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being loyal to God because we got a lot of people that's loyal to people, but they're not loyal to God. I'm saying having the ability to, to, to see the difference between the two when God is calling you to do something and when man is calling you to do something. I know that I'm right because Uriah is being basically encouraged by the king to get out of position and the king is in authority and all authority is given by God. This takes a bit of discernment. This takes a bit of care. This takes a bit of creativity. This takes a bit of know-how. And I was uh, wrap it in a bow and say, Uriah had wisdom. He had wisdom of not getting out of position at the same time respecting the king's wishes. I mean, come on now. I decree and declare that in this season, even when authority tries to encourage you to get out of the will of God, that you would tap into your creative ability because you serve a creative God who created the world in just a few days with the utter words of his mouth, with the utter words of wisdom that was alongside him at the very beginning. You serve a creative God and he created us in his image. So you are a creative being. I'm decreeing and declaring when you are encouraged in these last few days of the year to get out of position, which will cause you to have dire consequences and being out of position is going to cause you to miss your blessing and being out of position is going to cause like this, this challenge, uh, this obstacle that's going to be so hard to overcome, not impossible, but more hard to overcome than what you had to do that you're going to tap into the Uriah spirit, the Uriah spirit, which is a faithful spirit. And you're going to understand, Lord, show me how to honor this man of God and still continue to walk upright with what you called me to do. See, as a prophet, I live this every day. I understand that authority is given by God and I must honor that. But I know that I'm not a prophet for the people. I'm a prophet for God. So I have to be able to maneuver between the realm of honoring God plus honoring man. And, and if I honor God, I'm going to inadvertently honor man because all authority is given by God. See, we have to understand how to tap into our creative Uriah spirit, but still execute what God is having you to execute, not getting yourself 
out of position. Hello, because you can get yourself out of position trying to help someone else. This is what would have happened to Uriah. He would have got himself out of position trying to appease David if he had not figured out a creative way to do it, to go ahead, head out, but sleep with the other servants at the gate of the palace, not going to see his wife. I'm going to tell you, and God blessed for that. Let's continue to move through the scriptures. Now, David has failed at all attempts. He has three attempts to try to get Uriah to sleep with his wife. And you might be wondering, well, why was he so fed up on trying to get Uriah to sleep with his wife when he had already slept with her? Because Bathsheba was pregnant and he was trying to cover up his sin. Oh, okay, we ain't never did that. We have never tried to cover up our sin with a lie that causes you to do another lie, which causes you to do another lie. See, this is what's happening. David is snared by his own sin. And instead of turning around and repenting immediately, he continues to tip, tap, tip, tap, tip, 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 tip out on the water and continues to sin. And, and, and this is interesting because as we move to verses 12, David has already tried to do this and he failed. So what has happened now is he has no other choice in his mind but to get rid of uh Bathsheba's husband. So he orders Joab. Now get this, Joab's out of position, but yet when in the war, he orders Joab to do his dirty work. And Joab comes and puts uh, Uriah on the front line at the order of David. David puts Uriah on the front line so he can get killed. Uriah does die. And what ends up happening in verses, well, chapter 12, Nathan comes and basically rebukes David. He tells David a parable and David uh, renders judgment in the parable. And Nathan tells him that man that you render judgment on in the parable is you. And David then understands that his sin is found out. How many of you know that your sin will find you? If you do not repent and get it right, it will find you. It will meet you because the wages of sin is death. So at this point in time, David's sin has met him by way of the prophet Nathan. And Nathan tells him, look, uh, David starts to confess and say, I have sinned. I'm down in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 13. It says David confesses his guilt. And he says, I have sinned against God. Nathan, this is what the prophet said. He replies like this. Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. See, because the wages of sin is death. So the prophet intervenes and says, okay, we get it. You sin, but the Lord has forgiven you, but there is a consequence. You don't die, but there is a consequence. And listen to what happens when and Nathan begins to just explain the details. He says, but you have given the enemies of the Lord great opportunity to despise and blaspheme him. So your child will die. The judgment is that death has now come to the child. And, and, and this is what happens. We give Satan license to sin. We give Satan access to our lives. And then he comes in to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what that's what Nathan's saying. You have been given this. You know, God has given you this palace, but you've opened yourself up to sin. You voluntarily opened yourself up to sin because they told you that this was Uriah's wife. You still slept with her, got her pregnant, thinking you was going to hide it because he was going trying to hide this thing. Then you end up killing her husband. So now the baby is going to die. So I'm down at 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 15. After Nathan returned to home, the Lord made Bathsheba's baby deathly ill. So the baby's now ill because sin has entered in. 
David begged God to spare the child. So David is now praying, praying and pleading with God to spare the child. He went without food. So he's fasting. He's praying. Now get this. I want you to get this because some of us fasting and praying for something to change, but certain things aren't going to change when it's a consequence of the sin that you entered in. Hello. When it's a consequence of the sin that you entered in, you positioned yourself for sin. You premeditated the sin. There has to be a consequence because the wages of sin is death. We don't get to escape that. That's the consequence. And thank God for the consequences and that we don't die so that we can have another opportunity, a second chance to get it right. And in David's case, he received a second chance to reposition himself for blessing. See, we have to look at how we handle it when we get out of position. When you out of position and you recognize I'm out of position, I need to get back into position and God will begin to bless you when you acknowledge that I am out of the will of God right here. I'm out of the will. So I'm going to step back, reposition myself for blessing. It says, I'm at uh, verses 17, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 17, and I'm getting ready to wrap up, so stay with me. It says, the leaders of the nation pleaded with him to get up and eat. Then on the seventh day, the baby died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. He was broken up about the baby being sick. They said, what will we do? What will we tell him? But David recognized them whispering, and David says, you know what? What happened? The baby's dead. And they said, yeah, because see, Nathan had already told David that the baby was going to die. So it wasn't no surprise. He was just praying, hoping that God would change his mind, hoping that God would, would do something else other than what he said. But how many of you know that God's word stands? It remains. That's what makes him an awesome and constant God who can reign over the just and the unjust. He's constant. He's consistent. He's not wishy-washy. His word will remain. And so I'm at verses 19 it says but when david saw them whispering he realized what had happened is the baby dead he asked yes they replied then david got up off the ground washed his face put on lotions changed his clothes then he went to the tabernacle and worshiped god now he goes to worship god after he finds out the death he eats he cleans himself up because he recognized this is only the word of god being fulfilled Nathan told him what God was going to do. This is just the word of God being fulfilled on. And even though this is a sad situation, we have to love God for this because he doesn't go back and forth on his word. It says the, the promises of God are yes and amen. Wouldn't it be sad to hear that? And then all of a sudden the promise is different now because of a circumstance. No, the promises of God are yes and amen. I just need to keep myself in position to receive them. Keep my hands clean, heart consecrated, walking upright with God and I can receive that thing. See, David is seeing that this is what the Lord said, and this is what happened. He's a man of his word. The Lord's a man of his word that he should not lie or the son of man that he should have to repent. He's only fulfilling his word through what he told David as David found out through the prophet when the prophet said the baby was going to die. So now David is worshiping God, thanking God, blessing God at the tabernacle, and the morning is now over. I'm at verse 22. It says, David replied, I fasted and I wept while the baby was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the baby live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, slept with his wife. She became pregnant again. Solomon, And the Lord said he loved Solomon. He even gave them a name to name Solomon. So my point of this is that David repositioned himself. If you go down to verse 15 
after David was found out and Nathan basically rebukes him. Verse 15 says, after Nathan returned to his home. So Nathan, the prophet leaves after the prophet discloses to him what was going to happen. It says, the Lord made Bathsheba's baby deathly ill. David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. I need you to get that as I get ready to close. When he was found out and the Lord rendered judgment for the situation, he laid all night on the ground, not eating and fasting. He laid all night on the ground. He repositioned himself. To, he wouldn't, What he did is he, he became humble. He humbled himself. And the word of God says, turn from your wicked ways. Then if you humble yourself, then you can hear from heaven. He humbles himself before a mighty God positioned himself because see the haughty David, the, the David that think he know everything, the aggressive David, the David that premeditated the sin, killed Uriah, killed Uriah, slept with Uriah's wife, was told that this was somebody's wife and continued to abuse his power. Come on now, he abused his power. God had trusted him with the throne that he would make good decisions. He abused his power and then he repositioned himself once he was found out. And this is what I love. I love God about when he does this. David repositioned himself to be blessed. And who was he blessed with? He was blessed with Solomon. He did not get that original baby. That baby passed away as a consequence of the decisions that he made to sleep with Bathsheba. But he, the Lord turns around and restores, gives him another baby. And Solomon, we know the story of Solomon, becomes the a man of wisdom, wrote Ecclesiastics that we call him the master teacher, the master teacher of wisdom to us. Solomon became uh, just an awesome and great king of his time. And there would be no other Solomon. So I thank you, Lord, for the repositioning. Even now that you're doing with your people, you are aligning it. I decree and declare that the repositioning will happen, God, that they will become alert. You'll begin to speak to them and prompt them even now, God, to reposition themselves for blessing as you get ready to close out the year for them. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And I ask that you meet each and every one of my listeners where they stand in need of. Meet them right now, even today. And as we close, we ask you to just continue to do and come in our lives like a mighty rushing wind. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And I'm closing, you guys, but I want you to hop over to my YouTube channel if you get an opportunity. Go over to my YouTube. It's Positive Thinking Podcast. And I want you to go in, subscribe, like it. We're trying to push our, our subscribers up on that channel go in like it give me some comments so i can reach back out to you i do a lot of praying on that side if you want to receive prayer go to the youtube channel so that you can receive prayer and i want you to like it and subscribe continue to write reviews on apple Podcasts. i thank all that have written reviews and most of all i thank the listeners i thank all of my listeners who are international and who are here um nationally in the mainland Thank you. I praise you. And I just want to tell you that I love you on today. And until next time, I want you guys to be blessed. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Positive Thinking Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Mrs. Colorful Day and our message at Positive Thinking, go to www.positivethinkingpodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, you are blessed. Now go color your world.